ஓம் நமஸ்தே நமஸ்காரம் வணக்கம் நமோ நமஹ ஜாயகணேஷம் கஜனீஷம் அநேக்கரந்தும் பாக்தானம் ஏகரந்தம் உபாஸ்மே ஓ முஷிக வாகனம் ஓடகஸ்த ூத்திரேமேஷ்வரூத்திரோம்ோபுவாஸ்வாத்தோஷாவிமேவாக்கூரயோகிஷ்டம் Devout Hindus always begin with Mahaganapati. Who, like the sun to the lotus, is the son of the daughter of the mountains, Parvatima, who has the elephant face, and whose one tusk reminds us to remove obstacles through humility and understanding. Today's podcast, The Elephant in the Room and The Elephant Not in the Room. It is so inspiring to see some Hindus stepping up to the plate and talking about various distortions the swastika the portuguese word caste and to some extent even the denigration of our once sacred hindu yogas and many other sanskrit and tamil hindu terms and concepts however the elephant in the room is why kim kyun why have there been so many invasions so many distortions so many thefts of the hindu yoga dharma and why have we in other words we are a hindu family why have we allowed it why do we continue to allow it beginning hundreds of years bce there have been invasions into bharat mata into india and by extension into the lives of hindus and hindu dharma the persians the greeks the turks muslims the dutch the french the portuguese catholic christians anglican christians under the british raj to this very day with the ongoing theft and distortion of our once sacred hindu yogas why have we allowed and continue to allow these thefts and distortions remember no one invades a poor country when people see india today and much of the dirt filth poverty overpopulation they're seeing the effects of thousands of years of invasions but the onus is on us as hindus to again address the elephant in the room why do we allow these thefts and these distortions are we cowards have we taken ahimsa to an unrealistic level 
True, violence is something to be avoided. But confrontation is not. One needs to stand up. And the modern Hindu would never put up with having someone steal their money. So why not speak up for the Hindu yoga and dharma? Is there simply a lack of concern? Or is there something else going on? Is there a misunderstood universalism? And by using the word Sanatan Dharma, assuming that this Sanatan Dharma, this Hindu Dharma, is eternal, always has been, always will be, and will never disappear, good luck with that. That sets up the mindset, the lazy mindset, that one really does not have to do anything. Whole civilizations have disappeared. And if these so-called universalist Hindus falsely assume that everything comes from Hindu dharma or from Sanatana dharma, good luck with that. Sadly, many Vaishnava Hindus, and we could find this also in Saivism or Shaktiism, but primarily in Vaishnava Hinduism, we have this universal mindset that Vishnu Krishna is God, a word that we really shouldn't be using, and that everything is a manifestation of this God. Could one be any more fundamentalist? If you visit our podcast on the gem principle and the nat principle, you may get a better idea of a balanced mystical wisdom of realizing that one's dharma, or religion, using today's English, one's religion is a way. It's not the way, the pure fundamentalist, if you will. And it's not no way or always, which is the fundamentalist universalist. There's actually a fundamentalism to this universalism. Today's so-called yoga is a clear example. And much of it coming from the Vaishnava tradition, where one now believes that yoga is the universal way and everything is merely a reflection of it. So the statement, yoga is for everybody, is actually not different from the fundamentalist viewpoint that Jesus is for everybody. The fundamentalist Christian, of course, believes that every other religion is false and they have the one true religion or the one universal religion, hence the word Catholic. The fundamentalist universalist yogi, for example, the modern so-called yogi, believes, yes, that there's beauty and joy and profundity in all the religions of the world, and that's because they actually all come from Krishna, Vishnu. So they believe that this yoga, which is specifically Hindu, can be incorporated into anyone's religion. Does one see how this really shoots the Hindu in the foot? Confusing generalities and specifics. Laying the field open to be open prey for invaders. 
for the so-called yoga of today is actually divorced from the Hindu yoga dharma. Simply ask many today, have you ever heard of yoga? They just might say, what are you, crazy? Everybody's heard of yoga, my goodness. There are yoga studios in every town, several. It's in the community centers. It's in the hospital. It's in the schools. Even some of the churches on TV, books, magazines, Madison Avenue. Where have you been? In a cave or something? And then a few next asked, did you know that yoga was all about Hindu dharma, Hinduism, the Hindu religion? They would say, what are you, crazy? Yoga has nothing to do with religion. It's certainly not Hinduism. And we know because we are the 200-hour certified professional authoritative yogis. Kiabate, Hindus. What happened? More invasions? More distortions? When will this cease? So not only do we let the goodness go, the wisdom, the profoundness of Hindus throughout the ages, but we hold on to the wrong things. Far too many Hindus are very comfortable using the basically Anglo-Saxon Christian terms God and Lord. They should have no place in the Hindu yoga dharma. God refers to a one male creator being. Is this what Hindus believe? Maybe some of our extremely sectarian Hindus epitomized by the Hare Krishna cult, where they use the word God. And God, of course, is Krishna. Now, we're not casting dispersions on the Hindu deity Krishna, just the cultic movement of the Hare Krishnas, who will actually tell you they are not Hindus. Many, quote-unquote, Hindus will tell you they're not Hindus. No, we're Sanatanists. Sanatanese. No, we're Vedantists. No, we're Vaishnavas. No, we're Saivas. See the problem? If we don't even know who we are, how can we stand for anything? How can we stand against invaders, thieves? In a real way, all of today's so-called yoga, this massive spurious yoga movement, with its hot yoga and power yoga and doggy yoga and laughter yoga, nude yoga and goat yoga and beer yoga. Don't Hindus feel a bit of shame? When we look at it, it's actually all hot yoga, stolen from the Hindu yoga dharma. So what is the elephant not in the room? Ganapati. Ganesha is the deity common to all Hindus. Among other podcasts, listen to our podcast on why Ganapati. And also uncovering the inner gem. Ganesha is foundational to the Hindu yoga dharma. He is speech itself, Brihaspati. Of course, Masaraswati is the female deity of speech, Vach or Vak. 
And remember, with our Hindu deities, and this is what it means also to be a Hindu. From the Rig Veda, Agnimile Prohitam Yajnasya Devam, we do believe in the Devaloka. And if we look at the story of Ganesha's creation, and we can look at our deities as beautiful works of art, as profound symbolism of how to get through this life as a devout Hindu, and one may also have an intimate inner experience, any one of these three things. So if we look at the very story of Mahaganapati's creation, he is earth itself, created off of the mud or the earth of his Mahaparvati, and stationed outside of her door to protect her, symbolic of protecting the Dharma, standing up for the Dharma. This should be priority one. And standing up no matter what the odds. Here's a young boy standing up even in the face of Mahadeva and his attendants. A lesson for all of us as Hindus, as individuals, to stand up for principles, to stand up for truth. If we don't, if we don't handle problems when they're small problems, look what happens. Look at what's happened today. Look at the continual invasions. If we don't respect ourselves, other people will not respect us as well. If we don't stand up for ourselves, nobody else will. So Ganesha stood up and he lost his head, reminding us that when you stand up, you're not always going to win. You will lose. Of course, we learn a lot from our losses in life. And sometimes we lose big. But does this mean we give up? No, we must find that inner warrior spirit. So Ganesha is not only the deity of logic and wisdom, the removing of obstacles, humility, understanding, keeping one foot in the world, one foot in the spirit, being strong and flexible and sensitive, knowing what to repel, know what to hold close, listening to words of wisdom, listening to the inner wisdom, seeking contentment. So he's also a primal warrior. But then we also learn from our other primal, youthful, loving warriors. His brother, Skanda Murga, Kartikeya. And also the Hindu warrior deity, Hanumanji. The great epitome of karma yoga and bhakti yoga. See why we don't just misuse the word yoga? We need to preface it with its proper prefix. And then Krishna. And we could also look at Madhurga. These are all youthful, loving warrior spirits, something that we Hindus sorely need. So with this wisdom of Mahaganapati, the earthiness, the grounding, the foundation, Bhumimata, the first chakra, memory, earth, this is where we must begin in order to rise up and to safely come back down. So we always start with Mahaganapati. And here we become a united Hindu family, whether you're Saiva, Vaishnava, or Shaktite. We worship Ganapati, Murga, Shiva, Shakti, Saiva, Ganapati, Krishna, Vishnu, Lakshmi, Ganapati, Hanuman, Sitaram, Vaishnava, Hindu, brothers and sisters. Durga, Lakshmi, Saraswati, and Kali, Durga, Parvati, Shakti, Sampradaya. We are a Hindu family, Saiva, Vaishnava, Shakti, the three. As a young Brahmachari, Remember a Swami holding up a picture of Mahaganapati. 
saying to all, you want to see my best friend? Ganapati should be every Hindu's best friend. Understanding the important symbolism, if nothing else, of standing up for principles, standing up for the dharma. And of course, we remember that the Hindu yoga dharma is thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. Of course, there will come a time when there's none of this. We know that. So we want to get over this oldest or best mindset. But if we do declare the antiquity of the Hindu yoga dharma, why not stand up for it? Why not protect it? And we are finding a few warriors emerge. We have JSI Deepak, Rajiv Malhotra. We have the Kona organization. To a lesser degree, the Hindu American Foundation. Though there are many distortions within some of these groups, they continue to not really understand that yoga is all about the Hindu dharma and that yoga doesn't mean simply hatha yoga. Remember, yoga is the Sanskrit Tamil word meaning yuj atman brahman cha, to yoke to our atmana and brahman. And the various real yogas, not the hot yoga, beer yoga, doggy yoga, nonsense. The real yogas are the Hindu lifestyle. We all, to one degree or another, do karma yoga, bhakti yoga, hatha yoga, raja yoga, gyan yoga, mantra yoga, japa yoga, nara yoga, natha yoga, all stimulating the inner vitality, which is the outcome, kundalini yoga. We have some, like the Kona organization, that's waging a wonderful campaign to educate the world on the true meaning of swastika, the Sanskrit word, which actually is a symbol of good fortune, swastika. But obviously it took one man and his nation, Hitler, to completely distort this term, which, by the way, Hitler never used the word swastika. He used the hooked cross symbolism, the Hakenkreuz. But later it became associated with the swastika, obviously to make no connection to Christianity, but the Hakenkreuz, the hooked cross, is a Christian symbol, not a Hindu symbol. The swastika, on the other hand, is a Hindu symbol. And this symbol is found throughout the ages in many cultures with different names. But as beautiful it is that many Hindus are stepping up to the plate, Hitler died in 1945, and here we are almost 80 years later taking up the banner. Why does it take us so long? The word caste, coming from the Latin castus, meaning chaste, chaste or pure, into the Portuguese Masculine casto, which also meant pure, to the female casta, which meant breed, lineage, race. This word was introduced in the 1700s. And here we are 300 years later still misusing this Latin, Portuguese, Spanish word. Why? Why does it take us 300 years to eradicate a word that we should have never even picked up? Why does it take us 80 years to clarify the meaning of swastika? Again, are we cowards? 
Do we capitulate to the invaders? Are we Uncle and Auntie Thomasos, if you get my drift? We've let it go again in the sacred Hindu yogas. Ask any of these certified so-called yoga teachers if they're Hindus, they'll say no. And who's to blame? Shame on the invaders, but shame on us for continuing to allow these distortions. Listen to our podcast on the con art of living, for it has been and still is perpetuated by many Indians. Many don't want to call themselves Hindus, so what do we say? Just Indian gurus? Indian swamis? If we look at basically all of the Indian Hindus, we don't know what to call them because they don't want to refer to themselves as Hindus. All of these Indian cult leaders that came to the West, many stayed in India. How many do you see that actually used the word Hindu? How many actually told the people that they were teaching that they were teaching them the Hindu yoga dharma? How many of them actually made their students Hindus before they ever made them into teachers? Again, was it a cowardice or was it a blind universalism? Let's get our heads on straight, Hindus. We hold up our three fingers, thumb and first finger touching together, in the mudra vitarka, reason. Reason and logic. First things first. Remember, India is a country. Bharatmatya. Indian is an ethnicity and or nationality. Hindu is the dharma. We are Hindus. If we can't even agree on that, game over. Why are Christians and Muslims the two most popular and populated religions in the world today? Yes, there's sectarian clashes, to be sure. But when push comes to shove, they're Christians. They're Muslims. Even the Buddhists have no problem saying they're Buddhists. But many of us have a problem even saying who we are. We are Hindus. That's the original homeland, or an original homeland. The Indus River Valley, the Valley of the Hindus, or Hindus. doesn't matter. Hindu, Hindu, same thing. Of course, we have many synonyms. Ritta is actually the first written word, which is synonymous with dharma. Then, obviously, Vedic dharma, yoga dharma, sanatan dharma, and then later, Brahmanism, Hinduism, the Hindu religion, sabeka sarva ekam. So, too, with the word religion. With clarity, we need to use this word. We're using English. This is our language of communication around the world. Think for a moment, if we refuse to use the word religion, well, then we've once again shot ourselves in the foot and we give license to be completely removed from all comparative religious texts, all interfaith dialogues, all religious dialogues. So we are Hindus. And what's our goal? Yes, within our sampradayas, we have different understandings of what will happen at physical death, but 
while we're living, is not our goal atma, dashana, paramo, dharma? And how do we do this as Hindus? How do we achieve this atma dashana? Yoga. This one Sanskrit Tamil Hindu word yoga yogam, which is simply meaning, profoundly simply meaning, to yoke to our atmana, and then Brahman. And Brahman is not God. Brahman is the neuter term for the greater forces of Atmana, which is Sat-Chit-Ananda, this Jyoti-Shakti-Ananda-Shanti, this love, light, and energy. Om, this are we with emotions, mind, and body. So three simple terms were Hindus. We do yoga, all of it. Karma, Bhakti, Raja, Jnana, Hatha, Mantra, Japa, Nara, Natha, Kundalini. To reach Atmana, to experience the Atmana on an ongoing basis. So two sets of three. India is a country which we may or may not have been born in. Indian is the ethnicity and or the nationality, again, which we may be or may not be. And Hindu is the religion, Hindu dharma, of which anyone can become. This is very important. Just as anyone can become a member of any of the religions of the world, we don't have to be born into it. What about all those people who are not born into any religion? You deny them? True to any religion, one does an in-depth study and feels a heartfelt connection to that specific religion. They make a formal commitment. And an important part of formal commitments into any religion is generally a name change. That's why when you see many Hindus that have converted into Christianity, they nix their Sanskrit name and they take on a Christian name. James or Mary Patel, for example. So too, when one becomes a Hindu, certainly when they're born into a Hindu family or when they convert or adopt, remember, conversion is something that has always been done throughout history. Conversion means that one was perhaps born into a specific religion and found not, that not to be the religion of their inner essence, their inner being. And so they do the right thing. They ethically convert. They leave. And then if they wish to join another religion, they ethically study and fully commit to that religion. That's a convert. An adoptive is one who was born without any specific religion, never had one. And there are many like that. And again, they would study and make full commitment, and then they would adopt the new religion of their choice. So India, Indian, Hindu, they can be the same or they can be different combinations. What about all of our fellow Hindus born in Trinidad, Fiji, never been to India, never will go to India perhaps in this life? So India, Indian, and Hindu. And then as a Hindu, we recognize we are Hindus. That is our dharma. That's the word we are most recognized by. It's a beautiful word. Hindu, Hindu, Chandra, Sri, Bindu, Soma. It's also a cosmic word. We have an Indus constellation. We have the Indus River Valley. We have the Indus. So be proud to be a Hindu. It's a way. It's not the way. It's not the way for everybody. And it's not a universal way. It's for those that wish to join it. But it's not for everybody, obviously. But it is a way to be proud of.
if we look at the great advancements that came from from India and primarily from the Hindus. I mean, we go back to the Indus River Valley civilization, Mahendradaro, Harappa, and we find indications of a beautiful system of drainage, an original toilet system. Hmm. Think of today's conditions, how we've let things go. A drainage system. Just find evidence of early dentistry. Evidence of buttons. Evidence of rulers for measurement. To create the beautiful brick line streets of Mahendradaro. Also scales for measurement. We have evidence of plastic surgery. We have evidence of the first creation of steel and iron, the spinning wheel. We have great advancements in mathematics. Of course, everyone needs to thank the Hindus, not the Arabs, for the numeral zero, without which we would not have any of this technology of today, the binary system. Early Hindu astronomers understood gravity, the Earth's orbit, 365 days, the decimal system. Hindus created chess. You can thank the Hindus for shampoo and so many other things. Remember again, the invaders went into India not because it was a poor country, because it was rich. Rich in spices, rich in textiles, rich in riches, gems, diamonds. Remember, Hindus, we can share many of our gifts with the world. But sharing does not mean that we let others steal. Sharing does not mean that we allow others to take, and especially take without any recognition whatsoever of the giver. In today's massive phony yoga movement, they will often say yoga is India's gift to the world. Well, India didn't give it to anybody. India is a country. The Hindus shared it, but they shared it in a way that shot themselves in the foot once again. They didn't enforce the idea, the reality, the fact that real yoga is all about the Hindu dharma. If others want to learn it, fine. But teach them that they're learning the Hindu yoga dharma. In Ayurveda, they're learning the lifestyle of the Vedas. They're learning Hinduism. In understanding the chakras and kundalini and pranayama, they are learning the Hindu yoga dharma. If they wish to learn, fine. But never, ever make them teachers until they formally commit to becoming Hindus, including a name change. If we don't stand up for the Hindu yoga dharma, just like Ganesha is, we will continue to be the targets. We will continue to be prey for invaders, for thieves, for those who have a sense of entitlement, for the entrepreneurs who want to take from the Hindu yoga dharma and profit. Say to yourself, 
I've got a dot on my head, and it's really, really red. It's a Bindu, because I am a Hindu, and I'm proud to be a Hindu. What about you? And I do yoga, because it's Hindu. Karma Bhakti Hatha is to. Rajgyana, it's all yoga. It's all Hindu. It's not boga or bogus. Stand up for the Hindu yoga dharma, just like Ganesha is. Stand up. Stand up for dharma. This ain't no yoga biz. Be willing, be courageous enough to face this elephant in the room. And make Ganesha a part of your daily life as a youthful, loving warrior, as a proud Hindu. Jai Ganesha. Jai Hindu Yoga Dharma.